The purpose of playing, whose end, both at the first and now, was and is, to hold as twere the mirror up to nature, to show virtue her feature, scorn her own image, and the very age and body of the time his form and pressure. You are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. the sound of a woman maybe that's the sound that her heart makes when she's crying out to the one man chaining her to love that she can't escape ladies and gentlemen you Mr. Would if you, listen, you wouldn't find her eyes focused on the door maybe that's the sound of a woman begging you to try just a little more Welcome to the Good, Bad, or Bullshit Podcast. Uh, topics that matter, opinions that don't, where conversation is the foundation of some higher thinking stuff. Joining me today, Bo Schwartz, as always, is the inimitable Michael Hodgins. Mike, hello. You insist on using that word, and it never comes up. You know, I think our opinions do matter, and I, I think everyone's opinion matters, all our listeners too. Um, so yeah, we shouldn't devalue ourselves at the start of the show. Everyone's opinion means something. All right, and also joining us uh, is Captain Crofton Steers, captain of Pizza Land. Hello, Captain. Hello, Bo. At least you can pronounce captain of Pizza Land. Ha! Zing. Also, Mike, your opinion doesn't matter. Ha! Double zing. It matters to me. <laughs> I, I come in a firing. <laughs> Shots fired. So what'd you guys think of my opening number there? Just before the show, you guys were like, hey, Bo, if you want to do some music stuff, you should add it to our show because you're really good at music. So I decided to serenade our listeners with one of my guilty pleasures, Kiza's Sound of a Woman. What do you guys think of that song? Well, well, well we said, uh, I mean, I think you're not a bad singer, but uh, you're probably not <laughs> the best singer. And... Uh, um, nice. But but I, what we were really giving you props on was your ability to make music, play instruments, produce. You're extremely talented at that. Yeah, uh, I would say be careful what you wish for. Um, when when saying more music to Bo, Bo's like, oh sweet solo, that would be awesome. Instead, you did a singing montage, which was okay. Good. Speaking of speaking <laughs> wow. of music producing, um, we did a long, long time ago. It might even have been one of our first episodes. We did Auto Tune, and I noticed just recently the Stuff You Should Know podcast did how Auto Tune works, and I was like, "Oh man, we did that like years ago." Except there's this much more informative, of course, it was actually about how it worked. But I feel like you know, you go to that podcast for information. You go to ours for like interesting perspectives on it. That's right. So go back and check out our our one of our early uh, episodes. I wonder how it holds up. Probably poorly. Now, we need to do our What is Love cover sometime soon, by the way. I think that was one of the highlights of the good, bad, or bullshit time on this planet. People it's know funny. I actually our... heard that song today. Uh, I was listening to um, on, on, on the Spotify free membership thing, and uh, they have like a throwback Thursday playlist. And uh, I was listening to it, and then wouldn't you know it? Out of nowhere, I hear, what is love? Baby, Baby don't, don't hurt me. <laughs> don't hurt me. It's a classic. No more. Why do we sing it in such a high um, falsetto? Is it well, falsetto? The, the, yeah. the singer does sing it that way. And that's the only way I can sing. Okay, this this like introduction to our show is going already off the rails, as it all, often does. <laughs> it was really good. You just left for a second, and it got really good. Then you came back, and it... Boom, 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 shots fired, got crappy. I have that I have that effect. Someone's gonna keep it real. I like how you shots fired yourself. <laughs> You're not supposed to shots fired yourself. It's, it's the third I party. Tell what direction I'm shooting the shots in. Alright. God. You just shot fired yourself again. Alright, you guys ready to get a topic going? I feel like we don't have anything on preamble stuff. Well, well we've rambled Quite well, I think. Okay, uh, let's just uh, start the machine. Mike, Mike can start choking on fumes and. (laughs) 
one, one day I think my, Bo could do a montage of our, our most crappy intros and it would be pretty hilarious. To, oh, to what sure. is love. To what <coughs> love. <laughs> okay, the uh, topic today is act acting. Acting. <laughs> I'm an actor. I am an actor. What's that from again? Arrested Development. Oh, right. Tobias Funke, the yeah. quintessential buffoon of acting in, you know, dramatic arts of our day. Uh, also a never nude. <laughs> Have you guys ever done any acting? Yes. <laughs> That's one for both. Uh, I would say no. No, I haven't. But I was like in high school, I was in this audition for a play that got canceled. Anyway, oh, I well, then you acted in the audition. That counts. Yeah, well, That's I got the part, but like it was. Well, if the play didn't go on, it doesn't count. It, no, it doesn't count. It did, it definitely doesn't. But it gives me some perspective because I did have to learn lines and that sort of thing, right? So it was it was not you were, nothing. You were rehearsing it. That's that's acting. It's different. That I, I did. You know, I did the the high school acting. I was uh, I had a pretty big part in my in in this. <laughs> what the hell was this play about? It was like about Irish immigrants. I played the narrator. Was it what was his name? Friel? It was like a drunken Irishman. Is it because your last name is Hodgins? Was this no, like? No, I think it was because they thought casting? I was. Uh, they thought I was funny, and he was supposed to be kind of the hu- the humorous. Was this at, Was this in high school? Yeah, it was called the Don the Black Donnellys is what it was called. Oh right, Black Donnellys. I haven't read that. It's, it was on my to do list for reading of plays, but I never really? read that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I played. What was his name? The narrator. I can't even remember the character I played. Man, that was like twenty years ago or something. For God, I'm old. Were, um, you, were you in the recreation of one of the? Because we went to high school together. Um, wasn't there one? What, uh, Faulty Towers? Did you guys do Yeah, it? yeah. I played Basil Faulty. In yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. But they did three. So there was like three different. So I have done some acting. And even though that's high school, a lot of people have done high school acting. You're still, um, you know, there's still like 100 plus people in the audience. I mean, they're oh, like your Absolutely. And, and you're in your formative years. I would say that's probably the scariest shit acting right there. Michael, yeah, I, I, I was a pretty shy uh, te- um, teenager, but I guess that's one of the things about acting is that you can be someone who's not naturally outgoing or or whatever, but taking on the persona of of a character uh, might allow you to come out of your shell, so to speak. And because I always found it was pretty comfortable to be on stage, more, more or less. Um, and uh, Bo, you have done more recent acting. I think we all know. Well, I've been in, I've been taking some acting courses here at the the acting company in Ottawa on in the Glebe. I like that it's called the acting company. I think it's called the acting company. I the see their sandwich board. I walk by their sandwich board like every day. Yeah, it's, it's so, between me and the grocery store. If, if you're so in I the Ottawa <laughs> area and you're looking to get some like just acting for fun, you know, to to something to do once a week. Like some people like to have a sports team. You might enjoy doing this. It's a lot of fun. Everyone's in a good mood. No one comes to acting class like going like, man, I'm tired. I don't want to do this. It's usually a very positive, fun experience. And I highly recommend it. I look forward to taking some more classes at some point in the future. See, so, yeah, I think I, I think that's more ref- like um, more refreshing uh, because when I think of when I think of acting and like obviously um, a lot of the media we consume, TV, uh, movies, all that. There's plenty of acting going on behind the scenes. But when I th- when somebody says acting, I think of theater, uh, and I don't you know I don't know why. Maybe because it's the most pure form of acting, and you're in front of a crowd and all this. And I, it definitely like it makes me nervous just thinking about it. And I'm not a generally nervous person. I'm I'm good. I'm a fairly decent public speaker. Can speak in front of a crowd as myself and all that. But but acting I find very intimidating. So um, Bo's Bo's version of sort of like a more uh, collegial atmosphere as an adult, where you're sort of comfortable in your skin and all that. It's more. I, I like that more than the sounds of doing a high sc- doing a play in front of your entire high school playing some buffoon character. You know, I, like, I, oh. I did the Tempest in in grade six. Uh, wow, I played, that's I played, advanced um, stuff. Was it Pros- you guys are nerds. Pro- was the Wizard Falstaff or Prospero? I think it was Prospero. Falstaff. Oh Falstaff? wait, I think it was Prospero. Maybe no, the, yeah, maybe in not the in the Tempest actually. Yeah. So I played the Tempest, and my mom, mom, hey mom, made an awesome wizard costume. I think I had the most badass like cosplay 
uh, wizard. I had a beard and everything. Like it was, you know, students had to make up their own thing, and I think we had the best costume. So I remember acting there, doing Shakespeare in grade six. So, so that we just talked a little bit about, you know, our personal experience acting and that kind of accessible acting that a lot of people do when they're in high school or younger or can go like Bo does and take these classes. And 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 I, I do think, you know, a lot of that. Why people like acting maybe is that it feels emp- empowering. Uh, I mentioned I was a shy uh, high school student, so to then be you know up on a stage and people are you know watching you perform, it, it maybe it makes you feel empowering, and and that's maybe good personally or or, or it's 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 a fun thing to do. But the other thing about act, well, like when Crafton, you say you thought about, you think about the theater when you, when you hear the word acting, what I think about when I hear the word acting is some vacuous Hollywood actor making some political statement or something and being like, why would I care what you say? You're an actor. <laughs> it's usually like the actor is like the profession, which we lavish riches and fame upon that I think, you know, ultimately I, I judge it as one that you don't necessarily need to be, you know, brilliant to do and that's being very judgmental on my part but that's often what i what i think when i think of actors yeah and i I think i think it's a lot of people think of you know kevin costner right now the darling actor uh, man child is chris pratt you know everyone loves chris pratt he's so funny he's so attractive um you know like whoa well, no, he is. He <laughs> is. Like, that. if I were, you know, making money on picking, you know, who to place bets on, like, I would be picking Chris Pratt. Like, people like that guy. And, I'd date Chris Pratt. Yeah, you know, totally. And and so, Call me. you know, is he a great actor? Are, are, his cont- are there better contemporaries than him out there? I'm sure even he would tell you, yes, absolutely. But that's not going to stop him from being the most popular. So I think there's a little bit of this weird thing where, like, we appreciate dramatic arts, actors perform dramatic arts, and it's up to this anonymous mass of people who gets, like, the love. And the person that gets the love, because they're pretending to be other characters in the public eye for the majority of how people know them, may in fact be shitty people in real life. And but when you get because I, I think about this stuff, even though it's furthest from the reality, my reality of like, what if I became famous, man, I would be ashamed of my personal life. Like I play video games all day. I, you know, I'm disgusting human being. So like, <laughs> like, like, Mom. you know, all of a sudden I'm famous because I'm in Jurassic 10, Jurassic Park 10. And I'd have to, I'd start feeling pressure like, oh, I got to use this platform to like do good in the world because you know what acting acting is doing good you're pleasing people there's a bit of positivity to you know lightening a person's day through your performance i think i think you can say that but like i need to they, they love me so much i need to give them something more like i have a responsibility so you know what pandas if you respect me you should respect pandas cuz pandas are like on the extinction list and like so listen to me actor man uh say donate to panda charities and then I can feel better about myself as a human being uh, and less like a disgusting person uh, that I was before I was famous. So I feel like there's this weird pressure when you're at that level that we don't understand that makes them come across as arrogant because they're all like, listen to me, I'm an actor and I'm telling you good stuff. When really, at some level, they're just trying to do good with the weird thing that they have called fame. Well, it's... I- you know, I was just going to say about the famous thing. Like, so it's like people attain prominence in society for various reasons, right? Like, so you might become prominent because you're a politician, leader, whatever. You might become prominent because you're, I don't know, uh, a respected author or journalist or something like that. And the other people we know so well in society are actors. And I'm like, like, because you know their face, but they it's sort of like I feel like for what they actually do, what they get paid, and the presence they get in our society, the weight we give them, I feel like for 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 doing what again for for speaking words that someone else has written, and hopefully in a convincing manner, that but puts them at the pinnacle of our society. You're describing okay, it a little shallow, so but I'll let Crofton go. What I would say is you guys are getting caught up on on actors, Hollywood actors, which is fair enough. I mean, like, and Chris Pratt is an actor. I would argue that he's, like, 
d- difference between comedian and dramatic actor. Like he is more of a improvisational comedian who has landed big uh, acting parts. Um, but but I would say that what's interesting about the profession of being an actor, and I use the word profession extremely liberally here, is that you probably have five percent max five percent of your of your top actors in the world making a ton of money like uh or making it's less than that probably yeah yeah i'm saying max substantial and we're talking like i mean when i say a ton of money i mean like you know a livable wage to millions and millions of dollars the vast majority of actors are just scraping to get by if they get paid anything at all it would be surprising. So there is, and again, using the word profession almost feels like weird for, for acting. But if it's considered a profession, then it is one of the most economically unbalanced professions that I can possibly uh, think of. And that's kind of, I mean, you can say that that makes sense. The movies or the TV shows or whatever are that, that draw in a ton of money you reward the people who are in them instead of all these other people that are struggling to make it. It kind of makes sense, but it also seems like the worst excesses of capitalism, like crystallized in one profession. Yeah, I, no, yes. Uh, and I can reaffirm that. I've taken some, you know, acting classes. I took a few workshops. I got to hang out with a guy, Robert Boxtel, who's a Canadian actor who's been in lots of theater. He's been north of 60 and done a lot of voiceover for cartoons. And his advice was, you better be doing this because you like it, because you're basically looking forward to making below minimum wage. You'll be lucky to make 10 grand a year doing acting in Canada. So if acting is really your jam, uh, you know, you can't count on being the famous person. Very likely, you'll be earning a workman's wage, except it won't be consistent because you've got to audition all the time. Uh, you, it's like you have to constantly be applying for jobs in order to maintain a rate of income that is like able to sustain you in life. And so, you hope to get lucky when you score big, uh, but um, that doesn't happen for everyone. So, but it's also like I think that that's. Part of the problem of the it being such a um, unbalanced again profession as Grubbs uh, stated is because the the people who are the most successful at it everybody knows who they are. Uh, not only are they rich, they're famous. Um, people, they're celebrities. So oftentimes when you it's not like it's not like it's a it's a job you don't do much money you know you won't make much money working at mcdonald's but you know one percent of mcdonald's workers are world famous millionaires it's not like that right it's it's like it's it's just that there is it's such a narrow thing but yet it's the thing you see the most so it's the thing people want i think probably a lot of people want to become i know when i was in high school i uh was young you know you'd be like oh I want, maybe i'll be famous one day and as you get older you realize like yeah that's dumb you're not going to be famous you may as well play the lottery and hope to win millions because the odds are probably similar uh and but of course what appeals to you again is is that if you were to become successful in this profession people would listen to you you'd be famous they'd know who you are you'd make tons of money all this stuff and again it comes back for to me for but what are they actually doing <laughs> it's like I, I can pretending to be some somebody else no. and you're just like it's do they that's, it doesn't make sense that's a, and yeah go ahead continue i was i, I answer because what do they actually do i can answer that question for you they're artists like so it's like why would i be a painter like why would you want to ever put make beautiful painting like it's stupid it's like they're artists and their art doesn't have a permanence like a sculpture does or a piece of music that's recorded um, it's, is it effervescent? I don't know what the word is, but like you, you perform it and it's done, but their art is living truthfully under the imaginary circumstances of the text. So what makes a performance truly moving is not someone who's miming crying. Like, look at me, I'm going to act now. Oh, I'm crying. Do you really buy that? I've channeled my a vulnerable side of myself into the performance. And so what really moves us is when you actually see someone who's pretending to be another character, but who is so convincingly vulnerable. And it may be a combination of practice of just emotes, which don't resonate deeply emotionally, 
but it's getting to that point where you can connect with your subconscious into the performance that moves other people because have no doubt when you actually see someone get their leg run over by a car you will feel something when you see it right like they're the way they act the way they behave there's no doubt in your mind oh they're acting like they're writhing in pain and you're feeling something and someone's performance of human emotion can reach out and touch people it's possible for that to happen i think people who love acting for acting's sake who love that performance seek out that art that and so that's that is what acting is and there are there hacks who 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 take advantage of it who have shitty performances and yet somehow famous and keep you know uh adams i don't think has adam sandler ever moved anybody maybe i don't know i don't know if i'd call him a great actor no but he's a comedian and i think i think he does acting he engages in the art of acting. Well, yeah, no, I, I agree, agreed. Uh, to, but again, there's comedic actors and there's dramatic actors, as there were in Shakespeare's time, as there are now. And uh, I think that each, uh, I think even in Shakespeare's time, a comedic actor couldn't always necessarily do drama and vice versa, right? So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to defend Adam Sandler here, but he does what he does, and some people obviously enjoy it. Now, uh, the th- the thing I, I would say, and Bo makes a really good pitch about act actors because I I definitely agree. They, I love like we have talked on this show about stuff like Star Wars, Star Trek. We've talked about tons of things, made references. Bo has orally fellated Breaking Bad. Like there's been like a lot <laughs> wow. of a lot of references <laughs> to different shows, and and I think it's because they make. Uh, they're so, they're very important to us. Um, they, we've derived a lot of enjoyment through them, escapism and all this. And they're populated by actors. And those actors are making us feel something. I I think my issue with it, and it's repeating a little bit of what Mike says here, is the top percentage are, are getting are getting all the spoils, both in celebrity and in terms of uh, financial gain. And uh, that's really not too problematic, except for the the whole sort of role model aspect. And Bo, you touched on how actors are not necessarily the people they're representing in film. Sometimes you've got some good eggs, and sometimes you've got some bad eggs, or just like people. And odds are, if you are a famous actor, you probably have a healthy dose of ego, right, to get to that point. And um, uh, and I think that that, in terms of setting a role model for people, you have people like the whole joke in Arrested Development with Tobias is that he has like a, a profession in which that he's quite successful at, and he's pursuing the dream of being an actor, you know, being like famous, being like I'm going to they put everything aside and I'm going to make it as an uh, as an actor, and that that's. That's romantic. It's a romantic sort of idea, but in practical terms, it's not a great one. And I can see it like, uh, like when I was in college, there was a a drama um, uh, course, and there was tons of people putting on plays. And I went to see a lot of them, and they were very passionate about them, and they really enjoyed them. And it kind of like breaks my heart in retrospect, knowing that all of them. All of them failed. Like pretty much none of them became famous. None of them are – it's very doubtful any of them made any money doing it. And and I wonder if it's just like like uh, not a negative influence but it, it's gi- that it's giving false dreams. It's like the American dream in a profession, you know, like you can make it. Just, you know, do the performance of your life and you will make it, you know. Yeah. It just seems kind of – Maybe. I, I- I like I think it I think the industry is built that way. I don't think you're wrong, Crofton. I think one of the things about acting is that like and I'm gonna drop all my nerd cred here because this is like my subject that I if I like I've read very few books in the last five years. The books I have read have been about acting. And um like <laughs> like I just uh, I just that's sad, Bo. I just enjoy it, but I enjoy it from a cerebral point. Like I enjoy it and so so in Aristotle's poetics, now part of it is observations on how to create a tragedy which is outside the scope of what we're talking about but there is a bit in the poetics about his observations on human nature how children in order to learn about what a cat is they'll behave like a cat like a child will just go meow and get on all fours and pretend they're a cat there is something inherent in our the, the faculty of our learning that that we mimic 
things that we try to learn about that we see. I wonder what it's like to be a tree. Let me try being a tree. And, and, you know, we grow out of it as adults. Like, you know, most men and women of adult age are like, oh, that's kids stuff. That's what you do when it's kids. I think Aristotle would say that's incorrect. We're always mimicking, but we gain, you know, we gain the ability to repress things because of living in social structures as we become older. Although we can say, well, if you're an actor, then that it's a profession that that's okay. But in all honesty, we all still have that capacity for mimicry. And acting is channeling that sense of artistry, you know, that, that human thing that we all do. So we're all actors. And, you know, we all don't do it professionally. And perhaps the profession of acting is, as Crofton says, one where it's like, yeah, come on, you can make it. You can be the best actor in the world. And as Mike says, it's it's the red carpet for all this vacuous shit that we should not be worshipping. And I almost agree because we're all actors and we're all special in that regard. So these like 10 people that we think are famous don't deserve our love as great actors because maybe they they are great actors. But you know, there's a wide world of performance out there that doesn't revolve around these, this, this celebrity worship. I'd agree with that for well, too. The celebrity aspect of it, and it, we're definitely entangling things a little bit. Yeah. And we talked about celebrity before on this show. And I think, I think we mostly, I can't remember. I'm sure it was something like bullshit. I feel like I, I should go check. Um, so it is entangled with this. And, um, and and it's funny because sometimes I'm like the actors like whenever I feel let down by actors is when I hear them when they're not acting. So so if <laughs> if there's you know most people in Hollywood is like are like you know you got to be decent at acting. There's some exceptions. There's some horrible actors who've got become famous, but most of the actors who, who you know are up there doing the the big Hollywood movies are pretty good actors. So you watch them, uh, you know, you, it's a good movie. Um, you know, come away with great performances. That's awesome. And then uh, there's uh, there's there's nothing like you know watching um, late night shows. I like some of the comedy of the late night shows. I, I was I'm really sad. John Stewart's off the air. I love that show. But basically, when an actor came on, I would stop watching because I'm like, <laughs> it's going to be some painful painful conversation about some humorous story oh on set blah 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 and 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 it's just like as soon as an actor starts talking and they don't have a script you're like oh god i wish i didn't know that this person is is seems is just like some schmo you know there's exceptions some some actors seem like really interesting people there are of course there's a like all professions the there's a slice you know there's really interesting people that are actors and a lot of boring people who are actors but they're maybe good at it have you ever watched uh inside the actor studio uh <laughs> i really enjoyed the snl spoof spoofs of that <laughs> so, show no but uh, <laughs> yes, i've seen it with james lipton or whatever i've seen i've seen uh a he's so serious about this yeah and it but it, it's really about like the um you know, because when all those actors are on those shows that you're mentioning, they're all they're all talking unless they're comedians in which they'll do bits. They're they're mostly talking about you know, uh, like you said, uh, how how did you put this movie together? How did you do this stunt or blah 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 blah. But but the actor studio show is always about like how do you tap into the raw emotion necessary <laughs> to display such a vulnerability as was done in happy Gilmore? You know? <laughs> and that's, that's an interesting book because often they show the audience in that show. And it's all these clearly acting stu- students who are just enthralled, hanging on the words of Kevin Bacon as he talks about how you channel acting. And you're just, I, I can't stand listening to that stuff. Well, one thing that just a funny aside about that, uh, that that's gone kind of viral or gone around is that uh, Louis C.K. did a stand-up bit about those actors in the in the class of like um, you know, the actor studio. He's like, really? Like, if you're in a class listening to Sean Penn or something talk about being an actor, I got news for you. You're not going to be a famous actor. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Nobody who's gone to listen to somebody like Sean Penn in, uh, you know, inside the actor's studio has ever be- gone on to become Actually, famous. Yeah. And then they cut what, what was revealed that then is that. He just used Sean Penn as like a, a joke, like just he picked a famous actor and, and used it to sort of denigrate that process. But but Bradley Cooper, who is now a famous actor, actually 
asked, was at Sean Penn's inside the actor studio and was at, this is well before he became famous. He was just a student and, and they, there's a clip of like Louis CK doing his bit. And then it cuts to Bradley Cooper asking Sean, can Miss, Mr. Penn, I have a question, you know? <laughs> so I guess some of them do make it. It's just a really small percentage. They do. And, and one other thing about acting that, um, like, I think Bo did a good job describing when you're actually doing, yeah, and we're, like about the percentage thing and, again, the fame and all that stuff. And and I think we can probably mostly agree those people are doing, you're doing it for the wrong reason, probably, if you're like, I'm going to be famous. You know, and I think most of the actors have probably even made it, went into it with some degree of like, I'm doing this because I love it. I might never be famous. And they did it anyways. And then they made it. And good for them. That's that's wonderful. You know, we love hearing – everyone loves hearing those stories. Um, but again, back to the process of actual acting and, and some sometimes part of my like problem with it. Now, I'm someone who appreciates the creative elements of uh, storytelling. I'm a, I'm a writer. I've studied some – I've studied writing. In, and I'm like that's a cre- that's the creative end of – of something like a movie. Um, I studied screenplay writing and things like that. And I always thought that writers don't get paid very much, even in Hollywood. Uh, it's an even narrower market to become a screenplay writer in Hollywood. Um, and it's not like well-respected, but that's, that's where, or uh, that's where all the words come from. Like that's where the story is built. And we don't really respect those people in the same way that we respect the actors who say those words, William Shakespeare aside. Um, it's just, it's, I always find it, it a bit annoying that the people who get the credit, the money, the fame are often the people who are the mouthpieces. Um, you know, they're, they're maybe putting together a good performance, but often other people could have done as good a job as them as actors. Lots of good actors in the world. Um, other people could have played those roles just as well. Uh, but I feel like the the creative. It just seems less creative to me than the person who's who's making the story, who's making the drama, who's uh, writing the piece. And the actor essentially is just a mouthpiece. And I heard I heard I learned a new word just recently called a. Cyranoid. Have you guys heard of this? No, Cyranoid. You know, have you heard of Cyrano de Bergerac? It's familiar. Uh, yeah, so familiar. Yeah, yeah, with the long nose and the he was in love with his with Roxanne and all yeah, that. Yeah, he's this ugly guy who was good at speaking, and yeah. uh, I, I think it's sort of a comedic piece from anyways and he he whispers in the ear and the kind of dumb good-looking person uh says the words and he's able to get the girl because Cyrano de Bergerac is the intelligent person who has all the right things to say but he doesn't have the looks and a Cyranoid I learned this recently is is a term because people have done psychological studies where um you can make someone say something uh like if you're trying to do a, a test you can put like a little uh speaker in someone's ear and apparently human beings are very good at this. If, say, I'm sitting in a room and talking and, Bo, you have the little a speaker in your ear and someone tells you, OK, Bo, you just repeat what Mike says. Uh, apparently humans are very good at this and within a few minutes you'd be able to pick that up and you could just basically say what I'm saying just as I say it. You could and say that, what I'm saying would, just as I say it. Yeah, and, yeah. and you would be, you would you would be, be the, the serenoid. serenoid. So, yeah, there you go. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and but I'm like that's basically what an actor is. The actor is the the kind of hollow, uh, empty vessel through which the writer speaks. And I just feel like the, <laughs> what? Not it's true. Vessel, word, yes. Empty, no. Uh, well, no. It, but they have to be to a certain extent. They have to be able to be open to uh, to being the character that somebody else has created, like. Uh, an actor must bring that person to life, yeah. but the writer is the person who knows the backstory of that of that character, who okay. makes the dialogue real. It's true. I have bad, some, I have some ba- information. Bad for you, writing though. cannot be saved by good acting. Uh, I dis I disagree. Wait. I think there's some. T- uh, no, like, all you need uh, to hang do on. is. Okay, well, look, 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 we're getting cause... into an argument here. But I was going to say, all you need to do is watch Star Wars. Yes, and that's the perfect example of bad writing being saved by good actors. No, it, no, it's not because there, there's there's it good is. actors. For example, um, oh, what's her name the, in the in the new ones? She played the princess Amidala. The prequels, Natalie yeah. Portman. Yeah, what's her name? The actress, Natalie Portman. I'm in the original trilogy. I don't know why you're going. Na- okay, Natalie Portman 
uh, has been what, did she win an Academy Award for Black Swan? Yeah. Okay, she is someone who is capable of being an extremely good actor. She's won an Academy Award. I've seen her in things where I've been in V for Vendetta. She was amazing. In Star Wars, she was awful, awful, because the words are so bad, no one can say them and make them better. But see, I would argue, I would argue, like, it's the same writers, essentially. Episode 4 had horrible, like, when Alec Guinness gets this stuff and and. He's the lines that he has to say. They they were ridiculous to him. He was le- legitimately mocking it. And Harrison Ford, he is the reason that Han Solo is beloved. It isn't because of the lines that are written. It's because of his delivery of that character there, there, and creation of that character. There, there, there's there's more going on to that too. Star Wars is kind of a not a great example of yeah. Of we like picked acting. a kind of most yeah, divisive like, one because uh, Star Wars has a lot of spectacle and a lot of other things go on that that made that magic happen. And I think. That's what we're talking about here is that dramatic arts are a collaborative business. As a writer, you can go write an essay. You don't need actors. If you're trying to write performance pieces, you are, unless you're doing a one-man show for yourself, you are, by necessity, collaborating with other artists. And you don't get final say on how everything goes. And there are two schools of acting that, that, that diverge in modern acting here in North America and maybe throughout the world. And that's the method actor and that is the more, I don't know what you would call the other one, except for it's like the Sanford Meisner School. Um, is it American Playhouse? Uh, National Playhouse? Playhouse Theater from New York. The two are different, but the way the two are the same are, what, as an actor, what did the author intend from this piece for this character? No, actors go in and say, what is my interpretation of this character for my performance? Method actors a premium example is Daniel Day-Lewis, who will pretend to be Abraham Lincoln for two years before acting in Lincoln, go the route thinking that's the way you channel a deep and great performance. Practical actors say, I don't care about the backstory. I care about what's the objective in the scene and how does this relate to me in real life? And I'm going to perform that. So if I have to break up with someone, my objective in the this, in this scene is to break up with that other person. And what is that like in my life? And I don't share that with other people. That's just a personal thing. And I channel that part of myself into the scene. But in both cases, they're not saying, man, what does the author want me to do? They don't give a shit about the author. They're like, the play's written. It's the text as is. They work with the director to make their interpretation of that performance. And it's a little bit, it's probably the same in movies, actually, because the screenwriters, they write the screenplay and the director's like, I'm going to do what I want. <laughs> you know, like you might write the most brilliant screenplay and the director's like, you know what? We want to have a shot that has a helicopter that goes all this thing. And as you as a writer, I don't care if you think that that compromises the artistic integrity of the thing. Um, so actors very much, I don't, I think they respect writers because without them, they have nothing. That is for sure. But I think they're looking, people who take, t- treat themselves as artists, and I think most do, they're looking to say like, I need to perform this piece. The the writer can't give me those answers. I'm bringing my own answers. But yeah, it to comes in. You basically said it's essentially interpretive art versus creative art, and and there's for sure room. And I appreciate interpretive art. It's not it's interpretive. True. It's creative. Like, it, but it's still interpretive. It's just intangible. Like, it's but it's creative. I don't right, think it's interpretation. The point is, as you just said, it doesn't exist without writers. Like an actor doesn't just walk onto a stage and make up a great yes, tragedy. Yes, they do. There are, imp- are long-form improv where yeah, they make up shows while they thing. go. I've done a lot of improv, and I've seen a lot of improv, and it often turns into sometimes hilarious messes, but it certainly doesn't hold together no, like there's, there's long a work of serious. Shakespeare or someone who is is – proficient at building a story and building characters and building dialogue there are long like, form serious productions okay, that aren't well, intended well, to be comedic well, from why an aren't we all watching improvised movies then and why, why don't we go to the theater more improvised? you know like there's, there's a, i think it's we're talking niche. about the commercial the commercialization of dramatic arts and what we choose to go to Look, there's, there's Grandmaster Wayne Brady would differ in terms of the value of improv, but uh, <laughs> Wayne Brady. <laughs> uh, um, I would I would say uh, like I understand where both of you guys are going, and and you both have um, strong opinions on both sides. But what I 
with regard to Mike's thing, because we've done celebrity, and I do think actors are over-recognized. Like, I definitely think that, like, the famous actors, the fact that, like, one of the biggest shows of the year is the Academy Awards, which is essentially an award show where we watch... Uh, you know, and it's, the writers are recognized as well. But let's face it, everybody's there to watch the actors recognize themselves or whatever. And one actor talking about how great another actor is and that sort of thing. And definitely it is sickening. And that's tied in with this, you know, celebrity culture aspect of it. But really, that's, again, the top small percentage of a giant field. And it doesn't change, like like Mike said, when that when. I like actors when they're acting. So, and that's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about what they do necessarily in their free time or their award show. We're not necessarily talking about them being famous. Uh, um, so, then, then Bo's points become a little more. They, they hit me stronger because I, I think, like, no, the acting it is interpretive, but it's brought in a lot to a lot to me. And and I recognize how actors can can. Uh, play and bring um, added uh, dimensions to roles. Like, there's been a lot of talk about, like, Indiana Jones and how Tom Selleck almost got that uh, almost got that part. And I remember thinking, um, you know, I could see a Tom Selleck, Indiana Jones. Like, that wouldn't, you know, that kind I think of... That, that could have worked, man. Tom Selleck's awesome. I think that could have worked. It was right when he was in the middle of Magnum PPI, and that's why he had to, to not do it. And when you think about Magnum and you think about uh, um, Indiana Jones, you could see it. You could see it working, uh, their inherent charisma and what they could bring to the part. But then I think of like, I, th- I try and think of like the most ridiculous actor I could think of to be somebody like Indiana Jones. Like, I don't know, like there's, there's this um, guy in a lot of teenage movies that plays the nerd or whatever. And uh, he's, he's a, uh, uh, he's been in a lot of shows. I can't. I don't even really know what his name is, but he always plays like nerdy characters. And then I think if you took this actor who's known for playing nerdy characters, or somebody like a Canadian actor G. Baruchel or whatever, who's, who's kind of like a, a bit of geeky. Let's and then say you're like, Zach okay. Braff. Zach Braff is pretty geeky. Yeah, or Zach Braff or whatever, and said, "Okay, you're Indiana Jones." <laughs> like, I mean, I do understand the value of how somebody looks and 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 the, the inherent charisma that they have and how you can uh, th- there's value there it's not worthless it's not like um uh it, it, it's difficult for casting members to fi- uh, for casting staff to find those those types of people so uh, and i've seen all these performances with these actors where i've had like either emotional attachments to to their characters or to their works matt damon great track record um <laughs> Tom Speaking Cruise, of man actually, crushes, my God. Tom Cruise is doing pretty good, too, actually. I think he's done a lot of good movies. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I definitely I definitely see the value, uh, the value in acting. And I respect the sort of bravery it takes to put yourself out there emotionally in one at one level or another. I think I'm sort of getting getting here. I, I mean, I, yeah, I could probably go soon, too. But there's other – but it is interesting in this whole thing about, like – Again, if it, it's like it's not like any actor. I think you kind of outlined this, Croft, inadvertently. Like any actor can't can't play any role. And as much as Bo is like, you know, they don't care what the writer says; they're going to do the part. I mean, the bottom line is, you know, you can't have say uh, John uh, John Candy couldn't have played James Bond. It just wouldn't have worked. And neither could Sean Connery have pulled off Uncle Buck. I, I don't think the it, actors no, themselves would have shied away from it. These are producers right, and casting okay, directors the, making the, those the decisions. The point is, is if you write a character, and there are certain ways, some actors cannot play it. Lots can, and you can find an actor who can bring out that person. But the bottom line is you're, you, you can't play anyone as much as, you, as much as you want to. Some people might say, yeah, you can. But if you want it to be truly convincing... Uh, it, it can't. It just can't work. It would be unconvincing uh, to hold up the, the the story if you had the wrong actor cast in the wrong part. And I think that's why casting is very important. Uh, and and I and I think there a lot of work goes into casting things properly. And generally in Hollywood, at least, they do a very good very good job of this. But I would agree with Bo's point that it is. I mean, I will, I'll even backtrack a bit. It is very collaborative thing. Uh, performance art in general and movies too. Like it's just. 
you know, the writer plays a part, the director plays a part, all the cast plays a part, and the actors play a part too. And the whole thing works because it's a big team effort. But again, back to what Crofton was saying, I do get annoyed how much praise and um, attention gets lavished on the actors when it is such a collaborative process because they are the face of the project, right? So everyone's like, oh, they're the best. Uh, and they do, and they've done their part. Uh, but there's more to it than that. An actor cannot exist alone in almost any circumstance. No, I mean, if you look at any film, there's like a thousand names. And, you know, any production that gets put on stage has a large, if it's a large production, it's got a large crew, like without a doubt. Without a doubt, they are not the only part of the production. Uh, they're a small part of it, but they are the public facing ones and they're putting their art on display. So. Um, so should we? But the one thing I would we, say about the right actor for the right role is it's a that's a troubling topic just because if you look at the state of black actors in Hollywood, there are a few documentaries about it. Um, there's a lot of you know conversation about like why is a white guy the right guy for this role? Like, can he just not happen to be any other race in a pop? Like, it doesn't matter that the characters. Uh, Caucasian in a lot of cases, but they'll pick Caucasian all the time. So that conversation's happening as well. Uh, typecasting is a thing. I think all. I think any actor, if it would, uh, who's a, you know, it's funny. I'm trying to think of an overweight actor who isn't dead. I, I think of John Candy <laughs> yeah, I was like, Chris and Farley. Chris Farley. And I'm like, um, but you know, I'm sure they. If someone were like, hey, we want you to play James Bond, they'd be like, okay, I'll do it. Like, sounds amazing. Like they wouldn't stop themselves. You they'd might like, do it, but it, then you'd watch <laughs> it and you'd be like, this is not working. In the same way, well, and I would argue that, someone like, again, that's producers making those decisions for audiences. No, it's not just producers. It's it's the what the it's being true to the story too. I mean, John Candy can't play, couldn't have played. Uh, James Bond and John Connery could not have played Uncle Buck and I would say like but they would, some, yeah. they'd play it in a comedic sense soon as they would be in there it would be like because Melissa McCarthy has this movie that just came out called Spy it's been very well received I haven't seen it and Jason Statham's in it as well and stuff but in in it, it the, the, the comedic conceit like the one line elevator pitch is Melissa McCarthy who is you know a larger actress a Chris Farley-esque type actress is a James Bond type spy like that's the elevator pitch and the idea is that it's a comedy right so so I mean she could play that character but it immediately changes it from drama to comedy exactly it changes and what's the intent of the piece that stuff's important too and so you gotta have the right actor for what's the intent of this piece what is the team decided with the direction are we gonna take James Bond into comedic light there's room for that, and it would probably be great. But it will change what the thing is. Maybe I, for the better, you know? Yeah, I, I still think that's... I think that's a problem with how we write stories and depict our society in our current arts. You know, that we can't have... Oh, he's fat? He can't be in a spy movie? Like, you could totally make... It, people's body shapes in reality are not what Hollywood, <laughs> you know, I mean, it depends, demonstrates. Right? Like, like, this is known. Like, for ex- you mentioned Daniel Day-Lewis, and he's played Abraham Lincoln. If someone's like, why can't Denzel Washington play him? You'd be like, well, okay, in that case, you're talking about, it's a historical, you know, like, there are situations w- like that where there's some real person, and if you were to cast the wrong actor, you'd be like, what the hell? This doesn't make any sense. It's a, you it's know? a limit of imagination. Yes, like if, if you're going Sean, for an Sean aesthetic Plan, of like, absolute accuracy... Ag- then again, maybe sh- racial casting makes sense. Again, hold on, just just let me you're say this. being Sean limited. Penn, Sean Penn playing Malcolm X. It just would not work. I don't care what you say about like, well, he's a good actor. It's like I, it I would think be a mess. I live in a world of possibilities. I don't live in a world of <laughs> you can't. I'm, you're that's, colorblind. That's great. It's, it's not. Great. Col- it's not about color. It's just dramatic arts are about the imagination, and the imagination can go anywhere. So conversation that's like you can't do this and you can't do that. Always makes me react with, yeah, you can. Like, why wouldn't you? Yeah, it's, it's straight out of Compton is opening this weekend. As it's uh, it's based on NWA rap group. And true story, Ice Cube is played by Carrot Top, famous comedian. Is that true? No, it's not true at all. Because <laughs> it would be ridiculous. Oh, but it's true in both worlds. Just think of the possibilities. I live in a world of possibilities. All white and all white, straight out of Compton. Yeah, that, now that's that's what we're talking why not Bo? hate me all you want that's what that's uh, no, that's how i roll because it would be so untrue to the to, real to, thing. to be fair carrot top is wearing blackface Look, the world but he, didn't, uh-huh. he didn't change the color of his hair though which is kind of confusing. a great a great or his horrible act a great playwright said 
George Bernard Shaw, the world is upheld by reasonable men. All progress, therefore, depends on the unreasonable man or woman. Yeah, I was going to say sexist bastard. I'm unreasonable. uh, Intentionally so. So we'll uh, consider this argument a draw, if you will. Let's just do our verdicts then. (laughs) Oh, we haven't done those yet? (laughs) No, it is is, uh, verdict time. All right. uh, So let's bring in the animals for verdictization. Sorry, that's the explosives uh, closet. Yeah, edit um, that out. Uh, where is where are the animals? Where'd you leave them, dude? Order, I said. Order in the cart. Order in the cart. I'll go first. Do it, <laughs> and I'll just. I'll that just was a dramatic it. pause, incidentally. D- d- dramatic pause. Um, I'll just get it right in front of this one. I'm going to say acting is good. Oh, my blown! <laughs> wow. Uh, my convincing performance as a cynic, good sirs, has convinced you. It's um, for you. <laughs> So, yeah, I like to crap on actors, but, I mean, I agree with a lot of the points made that, that Bo made. I, I mean, it's easy to point out the vacuousness of certain interviews you see them in and what they actually do pretending to be people. But a good performance is powerful. I agree. I think the act, acting yourself, even if you're not good at it, is worth trying because it's, it's, it's an interesting experience to, to put art to performance in front of live people. I, I enjoyed it when I did it in high school way back when, but it was still an enriching experience. And, uh, you know, if you see really great performance of a really, really well-written piece, I think that those things do have to come together. You know, it can be really great and, and actors can bring something alive. So I do think it's good and, and we all like entertainment. So, yeah, that's where I'm landing on. Right, Bo, you should go next because everybody knows what you're going to say and I can be that little bit of drama. Although after that twist Mike gave, I don't know I think I'll be able to live next. up to it. I feel like, all right, I can go next, but we're really leaving some dramatic juice on the table. Um, so... I've got a few more things I just got to get off my chest. Um, Stanislavski, who is a Russian dude who at some point I think worked with Chekhov and they founded a big movement in Russian theater in the 1800s, is sort of this viewed as a mentor to a lot of modern American acting practices today. And um, he said one of the greatest things I know about acting that I love, that I repeat all the time, that is the person you are is a thousand times more interesting than the greatest actor you could ever be. And it's advice to, you know, budding actors who want to be like the greats. The secret trick to acting is you shouldn't want to be like anyone else but yourself. But everyone hates themselves. And that's the point about acting is that it's you putting yourself on on display and you don't like yourself and it's horrible and you do things terrible. Everyone feels bad about themselves. And going up on stage, it's one thing to do a podcast because I get to put the nice shiny side of myself up on the camera and on my voice. Like, oh, I'm an awesome person. Look at me. I'm doing a podcast. I don't have to talk about the shitty things in my life and the shitty moments in my life. And the way acting, if you're giving yourself a true performance, you're not confessing to your shitty moments. But that part of your soul, that part of your emotional experience, you're going to put into it when you're playing something that relates to it and resonates. And if you do that, you will touch people and that will be your art. And so I really love that saying. Uh, And, you know, I'm just totally biased. I've been reading about acting since I was a teenager, ever since I thought I wanted to be in show business um, in high school. I've always had an interest in the performing arts. And specifically, I've come to just like this idea of acting as an art. I find it fascinating, even though... You know, I don't think I'm very good at it. I think I'm better at standing up in front of people and being an ass and hiding (laughs) instead of exposing uh, my vulnerability. So I have a great appreciation for the people who do this kind of stuff. I agree that the cult of acting in terms of celebrity is terrible, but it's sort of a different subject. Acting is a beautiful thing. More people should do it. 
and we should celebrate it more minus the pretension i don't i'm not a big fan of pretension so i'm going to say acting is good Got a little rambly there. I'm but shocked. I want to serenade it with love because we may never do this topic ever again. And I want to give acting a giant hug, <laughs> you know, two hand hug, two hands pressed on the square of the back. You know, that kind of intimate hug. I'm giving you that hug acting as part of my verdict. And then I smell your hair. All right, I'm done. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to say acting is bullshit. <laughs> And uh, part part of that was was I was really like Bo had had me sold earlier on on it being good like really I was I was pretty much going good the whole time and uh, then at the at the end I was, I was, when Mike went good and I'm like three goods for acting but acting is kind of bullshit and then I said you know what acting is bullshit and I don't mean it in a negative way. Um, because that's that's the thing we sometimes get caught up with using bullshit as a, a, a negative light on this show, um, and instead of going full on bad, just saying bullshit. Uh, I don't know who said this, but like being an actor is being a professional liar, uh, be, uh, uh, and you are you are, uh, and, and and it's true. Uh, you're 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 essentially being someone other than yourself. Bo shaking his head here because he can't be quiet in my verdict. But but being being a, a an actor is you are be, unless you're playing yourself, like Ronda Rousey is supposed to do in the upcoming movie based on her her life, which is ridiculous. Uh, you you are playing someone else, so you are you are lying in a way in in how you're presenting yourself. So you're bullshitting is essentially what it is. Uh, acting is bullshitting. It's also a luxury profession. It's a profession that honestly you could lop off, and I mean it would be a sad world we would live in, but it would be a world nonetheless that could function well. Like it's not like a farmer or something like that. Acting is a is a luxury thing, and so all. Already, it's kind of bullshitty that way. That said, it's it's only bullshitty in in that that's what it's trying to accomplish. It's trying to mislead people into a world of you know into a world of fantasy, and that's I enjoy those worlds. I enjoy watching the movies. Uh, we talked about the celebrity aspect. I don't like that, obviously. So that's kind of um, troubling as well. And but but really, the bullshit of my verdict stems into this is what actors are trying to do. They're trying to bullshit you, and like uh, when when I when I lie to somebody um, in real life, like sometimes I wonder if I could be a good actor because sometimes I can like at work and stuff. Yeah, have you ever been in one of those situations where somebody says, "Hey, is this good?" And they show you something, and you're like, "Oh yeah, this is really good," because you just don't want to hurt their feelings or whatever. Like you, you are lying, but you're putting you're putting on an act or whatever uh, for the, for what you feel in this um, example is the greater good. And so I just feel that that uh, actors uh, there is a skill involved. Uh, it is something that takes training. It is something that could be a little bit of like a, um, a, a, a that that American dream chasing the carrot on the end of the stick i can see the damage that it can do as well so if you take all these like various little pieces bo's made a very passionate pitch for why it's good and and i don't disagree with much of what he said but i just think overall acting is kind of a bullshitty profession like that's it so i'm gonna say bullshit it's your verdict and i gotta respect it but it's really I know, ins- but what you, tr- you said is really insulting i think a it's lot funny. of people I, who act I agree would with be pretty very much everything insulting. he says and i think that you've just over intellectualized acting you've read certain takes on it but like lying is a world apart from pretending to be someone else in, for the, uh, in the context of a play i mean it's being disingenuous lying, lying hurts people it, it, lying no, is intentionally no, some, no, sometimes it protects people no I think yes. that's a debate for a different day. But we we should put lying on the list. Then yeah, we should put lying on the list because I think to call somebody who makes believes for entertainment a liar and a bullshitter. I think if you call, if I went to your work and said what you do makes you a liar, you'd be insulted too. I think I think whenever it's an actor, who I cares think what it's, they think. I think you can say it's bullshit. I don't think you can call people liars. Okay, if anyone I'm else has an opinion, like one of our good listeners, Bo. Um, you know what? If they have an opinion on <laughs> acting, 
I'm kind of mad right now. I might need someone to, <laughs> to do that. We talk about all these. Like, I take it so things. personally. It's not like you're a professional actor. Yeah, because you couldn't be because no one is. This is a bullshit profession. It's kind you know of what? bullshit. So I'm just adding fuel to your fire right now by being insulted. I get it. So the more I act indignant, the Shots more fired. I'm going to get, you know, trolled by the both of you. But it's insulting. It is insulting. It is make believe. It is not real. Don't a put liar something in is... the random. Who put in the random topic generator? Then you shouldn't put something in the random topic generator. Oh, when I should put this dress insulted. on if I don't want attention. It's the same argument. You can't make that. Debating it's good. I just don't. I'm insulted. I just verdicts, I, verdicts are over. Insulted? I would be insulted about uh, acting for God's well, sake. Well, yeah, I know. It doesn't mean anything to you, but it, if it means something to someone else, and they get insulted. It's not. They're not insul- The point of being insulted is not because you think it matters. It's because a person getting insulted thinks it matters. It's not even insulting. Now go ahead and tell our listeners right. how they if can tell us what's wrong. If you want to provide us with an opinion about acting, actors, uh, you know, just your thoughts on this highly controversial and important <laughs> subject that is fundamental to all societies since the day humanity could learn to read and write and perform things you can send it to us at goodbadbull at gmail.com uh there uh yeah we'll read it on the air we want to i want to continue this debate i know i've got to stop now and i feel like i'm just getting fired up with those last comments if you want to find out more about the show you can visit our website goodbadbull.com it is an awesome website i worked hard on it mike worked hard on it crofton works hard on it we all work hard on this great website where you can subscribe to the show on itunes and on stitcher you can also like us on facebook there's a link at the website goodbadbull.com as well as follow us on twitter at good bad bull um what else we have we have a viral campaign with stickers so if you email us and you want some stickers so you can deliver your own verdicts on things stick a sticker on an actor and see what happens take a picture of us take a picture of it and send it to us at our twitter account we're curating photos of all your verdicts there finally you can find us on youtube we have video versions of the show youtube.com slash good bad bull show and uh, we have a Patreon site. If you'd like to chip in a little bit of money to help support the, the show, you can visit us at patreon.com slash goodbadbull. All right, I think that about wraps up all the stuff that we need to say. But first, we need to find out where we can get more information about us and our other projects. So, Crofton, if our listeners want to find out more about you, uh, where can they find you? Well, if they want, they can reach out to me at Crofton Sears on Twitter, and I will insult them directly hashtag shots fired all right and if our listeners want to find out more about where you're from or what you're doing michael on on social media where can they find you uh they can find me at uh ml hodgins where i'm going to send out a tweet right now telling actors that they suck (laughs) (laughs) oh see i see that's i get yeah okay i'm just leaving it alone i'm done i'm done i will not win this you will gang up on me um all right you can find me at bo schwartz uh there's i tweet stuff there uh don't forget to check out if you like video games we have a sister podcast called the exclamation mark podcast that crofton and i do where we do acting every episode at the end of the show i will add okay i have a question because part when i was thinking about my verdict um i was thinking about a particular movie with with a, what I thought was a great performance, and I was like, "Oh man, that movie was just so good, and that performance was so good." I, I, can't, I can't say it's bad, and so I wanted to ask you guys who your favorite actor is, and I'll, I'll tell you who mine is. It's uh, and Bo, you mentioned him, Daniel Day Lewis. Man, that guy is a good actor, and part of maybe why I like him so much is because he does not get involved with Hollywood bullshit. Like you never see him in the, the like. What's the performance? Oh, The Crucible. Man, if you've not seen The Crucible, based on an amazing play by Arthur Miller, I believe. Uh, so good. It's so good. The end scene where he's, it's just like, I think about, I've seen the movie so many times, it holds up so well, and his performance is just amazing. Well, here's a, here's a fun thing about me. I've never seen a movie with Daniel Day-Lewis. How is that possible? Name a movie. Gangs in New York? Nope. What? Lincoln? No, there will be no. blood? Huh, no. Okay, well, nope. I, I own The Crucible. I'll lend it to you. It's so good. Na- name another movie the with Crucible. Daniel Day-Lewis. The Crucible is amazing. Foot? Nope. In the Name of the Father? Nope. Try another. Um, there will be blood? Nope. The Last of the Mohicans. 
Oh! 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 oh. 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 Nope. Damn it! I thought I got you. We watched that one in high school too, and I wasn't there that day. Nope. <laughs> you never saw? It? Oh man! Well, you're I missing out. You... One movie with Daniel Day Lewis. You're in. missing so, out. Like it's. He's my Sorry. go-to when when I think like actors that are actually good. I'm like, oh, Daniel Day Lewis, man, he's good. It's just none of the movies. Like I'm sure I'd watch them and be like, he's amazing in them, but none of them really like drag me to go see them well it's such a good movie but anyways okay well who are your favorite actors then we know who crofton's is you already said it it's matt Matt damon Damon, buddy i don't i don't think you're like a teenage girl (laughs) what no (laughs) matt damon's like almost 50 or something now oh man i don't think he's he's in his 40s i think but like he's just been in his 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 choice of roles are good he's been in a lot of movies that i've enjoyed so it it has less to do with he's not the best actor technically that i've ever seen although he's done some good stuff but 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 i i would say he's just like and that's one thing i'm realizing with tom cruise recently is that he chooses movies that i want to see i saw the edge of tomorrow which was kind of bombed last year it's an amazing movie it was super amazing science fiction movie tom cruise i was thinking about all the tom cruise movies that he's in i'm like that that I liked and I was like, man, I like a lot of Tom Cruise movies. So he's another one that I would. But he he sticks within his range. Let's right. Clear. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely, I would. Daniel Day Lewis though, his range is wide. Okay, Bo, who's your favorite actor? I think that I can't name one favorite. Oh person. my god, what a I, cop! There are out. a lot of brilliant performances out there that I couldn't choose just one. plays Kevin Costner better than Kevin Costner because he plays Kevin Costner in all you need to think of like the Robin Hood movie he's like I'm Robin Hood it's like a oh, dude you're supposed to be British he's like, oh, I can't do an accent whatever it'll still work are you a fan of the good bad or bullshit podcast consider supporting the show by becoming one of our valued patrons at patreon.com for as little as the cost of one cup of coffee a month, your generous support will help keep the random topic generator oiled and fueled for future generations. Find out more at patreon.com slash goodbadbull.